0: And you're on the sport, Jack Jollem was with you. Hopefully, having a great time wherever you are. It's going to be a magnificent weekend coming up N- of all sports, really. I mean, this is the golden time of the year. I mean, we love our footy season, that's for sure. It's a sport, but
1: all now, year round,
0: really, isn't it? It is, it is, and it, it consumes you. It does, but this time you get you get to broaden your horizons you and yeah, do other absolutely. It's great. It is great. Um, and with, with the horizons being risen, uh, the NBA, NBL seasons, they're all in full swing at the minute. The Up NBA starting last week, of course. And, um, well, the NBL has been flying for a little bit. But a um, huge weekend to come and to chat all things hoops. We have oh, we have dropped uh, in with one of the greatest uh, that have played the game here in Australia. From that team that we just love. <laughs> Well, no, well, the Melbourne Tigers back yeah, then was. Yeah, Yes. Yeah, not the soccer oh, no, but the, are now. team it, that, in that era. Yes, oh, they were oh. amazing. Oh, they were incredible. Uh, and we speak of Lennard Copeland. He joins us. G'day, Lennard. G'day, how are you, mate? Couldn't be better, Matty. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, first of all, speaking of that amazing side, so you had a celebration over the past weekend, uh, marking, what is it, 30 years since your triumph. How was that? Thirty
2: long years. Time flies, doesn't it? It was it was fantastic to catch up with all the boys. You know the guys that we don't see, Robert Sibley's and the Stephen Whiteheads who live uh, interstate. But uh, Melbourne United, you know, sort of put it all together for us, and um, they made it a big celebration. And we had dinner, and you know, got on got on a chance to get back on the court, and uh, you know, it was fantastic, man. It's great to it's great to remember those good days when when you held the trophy up and, and tears and drinks and just having fun so it was fantastic
0: oh, brilliant can you can take us back 30 years lenard tell us about that time you knocked over the perth wildcats uh, it was a sensational series but can you just take us back there for a moment
2: it was um it was one of it was it was, it was on my second year we had actually gone the year before and lost to the magic and in the second year the tigers had never beaten perth in perth So that was a big talk. You know, they had Scott Fisher and Vlahoff and Ricky Grace and James Crawford. So they had a pretty good team. They were winning. They were doing well. And uh, we beat them the first game here in Melbourne, which was a sellout. Usually when we sell out in Melbourne, it's with another Melbourne team. So it's half our crowd, half their crowd. But this time we got a chance to play them. And it was 15,000 screaming Melbourne fans. And they lifted us and we got the win. And we we'll go over to Perth, and uh, you know they beat us the second game. And the one thing that stood out for me was, you know, they had champagne ready, they had the, the balloons ready. I guess you got to get, you, you have to do that kind of stuff, but it just didn't sit right with me because it was all ready for game two, and they were ready to go. And Scotty Fisher was making his remarks about we would never lose at home. Um, and, and it just so happens that we we put together a pretty strong team with myself and Bracky and Daisy, Warren giddy, and we, uh, we went out there and got
0: a gun. It did, and all this talk this, this time of year is too when we we get to see the highlights and uh, they come up on our uh, social medias and everything and uh, the dimes that uh, that Gazi put together and yourself, uh, yeah, good memories.
2: Fantastic memories. Look, I, I still play a lot of golf with Gazy. I think the best thing about playing with him was we were so competitive against each other. Like, if, if in practice, I guarded him, and if he scored 30 points, I needed to get 30. If I, if I got too many points, he's going to try to get them. But in, in hindsight, that was just helping us to be better better teammates and better players. So now the teams have to guard both of us and not just one of us. So I think that, that stood out a lot, but Gazy was, you know, the best, the best Australian player to ever play the game, you have to give it to him because he's been that good.
1: And Lennard, you talk of the successes you, Gazy and the rest of the team had. Can you see a distinct sort of change in the time period between then and now in the change of basketball style that's being played?
2: It's just, it's definitely different. Um, me and Gazy talk about it all the time when we call in games. Like the game's going from 48 minutes to 40 minutes. And Daisy jokes about guys coming out early. You know, guys might play seven, six minutes in a quarter, and then they're tired. Well, you got to remember, Daisy played 48 minutes. He averaged 48 minutes a game, so he never came out of the game. And he laughing at these guys about being tired and how could you not play one, two games in a weekend, you know. So, you know, the guys are probably a little bit bigger now and a little bit more athletic, so you would expect them to be able to do that. But the game, day, day, you know, basketball still basketball. You've got to put the ball in the hole, and you've got to stop some guys from from scoring, and you've got to score more than them. So it's a simple game, but you've got to put the work in. But there's so many guys, so many players now that are really good that, um, you know, it would be, be fun to come back and just see where we stand.
1: And Lennard, the shifting our attention to the current day, you're covering so many games in the NBL. Um, who has caught your attention? What team, what player? And who's? what's his sort of analysis been of the season so far?
2: Well, Melbourne United are, are, are top of the ladder and they're they are the team that beat. They're 8-1 and, one and they, 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 it's rolling along. And they got, you know, Golding and and Dover, Ian Clark and all those guys. And they got the two-headed monster and Hook Forty and, and you know, uh, Luau Achoo Jr., who um, are just massive inside, so they're, they're going to be hard to beat. But I tell you what, Southeast Melbourne are playing fantastic basketball as well. Creek, Big Allen Williams, Big Sauce, who I do a show with. Um, those guys are aren't far behind, and uh, but I, I think they play next week. So it's going to be a great game to see. Melbourne will be Melbourne will be packed. The, the, the place will be packed. Um, but but again, then there's there's the Perth Wildcats who've been playing fantastic basketball over the last 30 years. They made the playoffs for 30 years in a row, and then they missed it. And they're, 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 not, they're, they're in bad shape right now because they're losing games. Their best player's not happy. You know, his wife's come out on Twitter and defended him. And just the team just didn't mix. I mean, they, they they don't have that game. Um, they don't have that Norton at the point guard to play defense and get that ball to cotton in the right position. So I think that's hurt them a lot. Um, and it, the, the owners come out and sort of said he's backing John really as a coach and he has full confidence in the players. But that's all well and good. When you got 14,000 screaming fans, the Red Army, and they're not happy, you better do something
0: quick. And, and I think they'll probably end up making a change somewhere down the line. And what about is there a player at the moment or has there been a player that's still sort of playing in our local league that you've thought – Probably should be given the opportunity overseas In the NBA
2: um, Yeah, probably uh, Travers from Melbourne United I, I think he, he has the ability To be the next player There's a lot of young players over here now That are probably going to end up getting drafted Alexander Saar from Perth um, The Young Stars um, You know, those guys Hook who from Melbourne United Those guys will probably end up You know, Tui from, from Sydney who are, who are 18, 19 years old And looking forward to getting drafted, Um, but the standout for me is probably Porter. I mean, he 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 tore his Achilles last year, a year year and a half ago, and they say now he jumps higher than he did before he tore his Achilles. Back in my day, when you tore your Achilles, you wouldn't find you another job because the the medical medical weren't that good. You know, you weren't able to come back like these guys today. Um, So. It's amazing to see how well he's playing. I think mean, he's averaging ten rebounds a game, fifteen points. So he's doing quite well. Um, he'd probably be the next guy to go to the NBA.
1: And just shifting our attention to the NBA now, Leonard, our Aussie boys are they getting it done overseas?
2: They are. You know, I, I, heard a, I heard Josh Kitty speak today about you know how he's grown. He's still a young kid to me. You know, he was running around uh, at all the camps we were doing back in the day with his dad. And he said, you know, it's not about his points anymore. It's about them winning. And I think OKC's okay, so going to be great. But I'm a I'm a Denver Nuggets fan. I'm, mm. I'm, a, I'm a Golden State fan, <laughs> and I'm a Denver Nuggets man. And I love, this, love the way those guys play the game. Um, and Denver, people are talking about Denver. You, they're still champions until you knock them off. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the grand final of the championship game again. And I, I love the, the way Golden State uh, play the play the game. They get it up and down, and, and they... and, and They remind me of the Melbourne Tigers. Now, not that we were anywhere near them, but you better believe we had some days where me and Joey came down and jacked it up as many times as we could. You can believe that. Just,
0: just, you mean, you you grew up in America. I mean, of course, I mean, what is it with Denver Nuggets? I mean, no one seems to talk about them. I mean, it's uh, it's the biggest mystery in sport, I believe. They're clearly the best team in it at the minute, but they don't get their chocolates.
2: Well, man, Denver, Denver's not the best. I mean, for for some of us, Denver's probably not the best holiday place to go to. There's <laughs> many other places. Denver's be nice in the summertime, but you better believe it, the snow is up to your uh, up to your chest in the wintertime, and it's just not a holiday place. But I love that. I love the way they put that team together. I mean, they obviously support them. They did what they had to do last year. And Jokic is the best player in the NBA. Unguardable. There's nobody been able to guard him so far, and I don't see anybody being able to guard him this year. He does what he wants to do. Triple king, triple triple double wedding to happen. Uh, it just depends on when he wants to get it done. So as long as you got him and and Murray, those guys, uh, you're gonna always be in the running. Always.
1: And Leonard, uh, we're talking about some of the the best teams in the NBA. The LA Clippers just acquired James Harden in a massive trade. James Harden obviously been a superstar of the NBA for so long now. How does that shift the the dynamic of the league? Are the LA Clippers legitimate contenders now? No,
2: nah, I don't like I don't like the move. I don't like the move because now what does Westbrook do? I mean, Westbrook mm. was was fantastic for a long time, and then he lost all of his groove, and he's sort of trying to get it back. You know, he's playing hard. He's he's still doing his he's still getting his assists. But both of those guys need the ball in their hands to be effective. And like neither one of them are coming off screens for a jump shot. Now, yes, Harden can score a little bit better than, than Westbrook. But you're not running Harden off five screens to, to get him the ball. He needs the ball in his hands to, to do his thing, to play with it, and then distribute. And so does Westbrook. So w- who's not going to play now? Is somebody going to be disgruntled for not playing their minutes? Um, and then, you know, Tucker comes in. He plays hard, but he can't shoot. Uh, you know, he can't shoot, he's a defender, but initially, guys are so good, it's hard to defend those guys, so I don't like that trade, I, I, and with Kawhi, and those guys, Paul George, not playing the minutes, they, they should be playing for the amount of money that they are making, I just don't like the Clippers, I played for the Clippers, now, remember, I'm a Clipper, I play out of here with the Clippers, so I'm a Cl- I used to be a Clipper fan, but, but it's just been too much going on with with that organization, um, and they got the quality players. It just seems like they're the second fiddle to everybody else.
1: And, Lenard, just one more from me. The development of Victor Wemben-Yama, obviously a, an incredible prospect. How has how he sort of fitted into the NBA, and how do you see his uh, season going from here on in?
2: Well, I heard my, my old teammate Charles Barkley speak about him today. Look, he's going to make some mistakes. He's young, but he's going to be good. And you're, every game, you're going to see something special out of him. And the one thing that they're worried about the most is his, his attitude with losing. Because he's been in France, and he's been a winner his whole life. I mean, even when he was growing up, I bet you he's probably on a team that won because he's so big. Now, San Antonio don't have a great team, although they snuck a win today against Phoenix, uh, they don't have a great team, so they're not going to win a lot of games. But I think if he can handle the fact that he's he's growing every game, he's getting better, um, you know, you got Pop as your coach and you're learning, Then he's going to be fantastic. He's, uh, he's, he's, he, you know, he's a unicorn, like they say. You've never seen a guy that big who can handle the ball and do, it, do what he does on the outside and just wait until he gets stronger on the inside. He, he'd be one of the guys that's unstoppable.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, when he is at his peak, give it you know three or four years' time from now. I mean, what's gonna what's gonna take to beat him? I mean, he's he's that good already, and he's just got this physique that is just second to none. And is he going to just clock the game of basketball? I mean, is he just going to ruin it for everyone?
2: Well, uh, let me tell you something. In three or four years, there'll be another couple coming through. I never thought Jokic would be as good as he was you know, three years ago, and then all of a sudden he's unstoppable. And uh, every year there's somebody else coming in, the Greek freak. Every year somebody else, and it, it all it seems like it's all international players, which is which is good for the for the world and for the game. But every year somebody new comes in and somebody new has something special. So I, I don't know if the next person is going to be three feet tall. <laughs> or they, something different, I don't know. But I just know every year you, you say one guy is... Unstoppable, and he's going to take over, and
0: then another guy comes in there. So well, I can't wait to see. Oh, fantastic. Awesome. Well, we all, we all can't wait, hey, Lenard, We'll have to leave it there, buddy. Uh, it's been great to chat, uh, of course, again. Uh, get your insights into the great game of basketball. Um, have a great call on the weekend, and hopefully we can catch up courtside at the Phoenix game on Sunday.
2: All right, Juggie boy. You guys
0: take care. Have a good week. Have a good day, and I'll talk to you guys soon. You can't I'll wait. Say, Thanks, Thanks Lenard. <laughs> Fantastic, there, Lenard Copeland, one of the coolest dudes in basketball. Oh right? yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> that team was so special. Wasn't just, that fun? Uh, I remember it as well. It was just—it was so much fun to watch. And that, and that final series, how you described it, was just—and <clears throat> just next level. And that was when—that was, I mean, that that period of time, basketball was just going off. It's heading the yes, sky. Yeah. And of course. Um, you know, it was helped by Jordan and his feats in America, but I mean, just the timing of it and how it came together with, with what was going on. And you know, as he said, gaze and, and the highlights, the highlights you, know, the highlights you see now. And, yeah, you know, just yeah, they don't make you excited. Oh, I mean, yeah. see the the other the other little era that I loved was the the Anstey era with him and Bradkey, and there was a few. You know, um, heel. Heel and all that, and you know it was funny because they, they they call that one the the dark side of basketball, the dark period of Australian basketball because no one was turning up, no one was looking at it. Yep. It was not on free to air TV like it is now. I mean, but I loved it then, and I was like, oh. Well, we're on a we're on it up now. We are yeah. definitely on it well, up. Definitely, uh, get to a game. Yeah, the game's huge. Hey, uh, during that though, uh, Michael Bevan did give us a call. Oh, thanks, oh. <laughs> So how good that? Uh, only only so, an hour late, Michael. We've still got Rebecca Cole, uh, the captain of the Flyers, and David Camp, easy to join us. I'm going to try and squeeze them all in. But up next, uh, with a bit of luck, we're going to be talking to one of Australia's greatest ever one-day national batsmen, and that's Michael Bevan.